Welcome everybody from all around the world. Welcome to this podcast, escaping the entanglements of our lives. You got yours, and I've got mine. I'm your host, I'm Dolphus Q. I am the originator and the creator of this podcast. <laughs> Which was inspired by Toastmasters Project. And right now I want to pause and I want to give a warm shout out to any Toastmasters who are listening. And I hope there are a few. Now our lives, yours and mine's, are easily entangled with things both real and imaginary. Some of these things are good, and some of these things are not so good. And some of those things we we are just stuck with, we are born with. But I suggest that escape is possible. It is possible to escape these entanglements. To move on ahead with our lives. And to do so in peace and harmony. Now maybe... One of the best ways to escape is to do like Buddha and go sit on a yum yum tree. It works for me. <laughs> Perhaps it will work for you. And this podcast is about me freeing myself from one of the major entanglements of my life and if you're following me you know my story I'm reading and writing my book as I do so and speaking of my book we are coming towards the end and it is indeed a struggle to (laughs) To complete this book. But it shall be done. Now you can reach me. Adolphus Q at yahoo.com Or QDolphus at gmail.com I would love to hear from you. Love to hear how you are dealing with the entanglements of your own lives. And maybe your way will help somebody out there. (laughs) Help make the world a better place, huh? (laughs) Well, 
as the walrus said, the time has come for the reading of the word. Episode 25, chapter 25, the cold eyes of March. It was a cold, windy, rainy Friday night. I was on my way to work at the Lawson YMCA. I worked the graveyard shift on the weekends. Snow was piled at the curves. The gutters spilled over with slush and ice-cold gray water splashed up from each vehicle that hurried past as I ran towards the Lawson but I got soaked by both the rain and the splashes before I entered the building. I hurried to the time clock, clocked in, and went to work auditing the day's receipts. However, something else was on my mind besides work. I was driving to our city to visit Frank. I was excited by the prospect of the long drive. I thought of the drive as a long-awaited breath of fresh air. I welcomed the break from Chicago. My bags were packed, and I was ready to hit the road as soon as I clocked out. My plan was to be back before dawn on Wednesday and return to work well-rested, on Wednesday afternoon. I worked as a desk clerk during the week and as a desk clerk slash night auditor on the weekends. Honestly, I relieved the night manager who got the weekends off. My main responsibility was to record all transactions from the cash register and make them balance with the money turned in by the desk clerks. I cleared the cash registers, collected the tape, tapes, and then sat down at the manager's desk to immerse myself into numbers. I remained immersed with the auditing until interrupted by a voice that sounded distress calling from the front desk. Hello? Hello? Is anyone there? Hello? At the front desk, I saw a young woman with a child, both soaking wet. Drops of rain dripped from their hooded coats. I stood shocked for a few seconds, wondering what forces could have driven this duo out on a night like this. I guessed immediately she needed help and omitted the formalities of inquiring if I could help her. Instead, I ejected a little loyalty as she removed her hoodie. Marge is sure coming in like a lion, I said. I got soaked too, and I ran from the bus stop. Freed from the hoodie, she shook her long hair into the air And when her eyes settled upon me, they stopped and suddenly beamed with the remembrance of a better time and place. Her eyes glistened with joy. Dolphus Q, 
Good God Almighty, I can't believe it's you. It's been such a long time. Indeed, it had been a long time since the last time I saw Tampa. She was Natasha's friend, and I hadn't seen her since I split with Natasha. She li- she had lived in Ohio, and her ex-boyfriend had been a founding member of the Ohio Players. That connection granted her status with Natasha and her friends. Tampa was attractive, but at that moment, she looked like she had been drugged through the battlefield as well as the little boy she held by the hand. Tampa, yes, indeed, it has been a long time. I'm delighted, but what brings you out on the night like this? Tampa explained her situation. Her father had kicked her out. They had got into an argument, and at the height of it, her father had screamed, Get the hell out now and take that little son of a bitch with you. Tampa had no money. She wanted to know if the YMCA could let her have the room, a room for the night, since it was a Christian association. I'm sure as soon as Dad is sober, he'll drive over here and get us. But right now, I need a room just for tonight. I slowly considered her request for a room for the night. Against my personal knowledge of her, the circumstances which drove her out on a night like this, her assurance that the situation would smooth itself out, and the fact that the YMCA was a Christian association. In view of all these considerations, I decided to let her have a room. I pulled out the registration drawer. I found a room that was empty on the 10th floor. I leaned across the counter and lowered my voice. I explained she could use this key to get into the room, but she had to keep a low profile and be out of the room before checkout time at 11. And to leave the key on the nightstand. Then I gave her the key to the room and wished her luck with patching things up with her father. March 15, 1983. This date shall live on in my personal history forever. On this date, the bottom dropped out and left me caught in a downward sparrow into the unknown. I had returned from my sojourn in our city. I had returned to the YMCA in the highest spirits, ready to get back to work. But from the moment I entered the workspace, I felt bad vibes. I kept, I felt like unseen eyes were surreptitiously watching me from all directions. And I felt like my co-workers, John and Miss Jackson, was whispering behind my back. Although they seemed cheerful as usual with jokes and smiles. But in each I detected sympathizing undertones as if they knew something unknown. I thought of the room I had given Tampa. I surreptitiously checked the registration. 
The room was occupied, so everything should have been cool. But the eerie vibes persisted. I teetered on the verge of a confrontation with my co-workers, demanding to know, hey, what the heck is going on? Then, after lunch, I was called into the manager's office. Mr. Benham sat behind his desk. He looked like he was on a hot seat as he pointed to a chair and asked me to sit down. Then he picked up a page of paper from a stack before him. He looked down at the page and then up at me. His eyes looked as grave as those of a judge preparing to pass sentence. He asked me had I given a free room to a Miss Tampa Jones. I admitted I had and explained the circumstances. He appeared to listen and nodded as I explained. I can understand that, but she stayed up there for three days. She refused to pay or leave. The YMCA had to get an emergency court order to remove her from the property this very morning. I slapped my forehead. I told her to be out of that room before checkout time. Like I said, Mr. Benham went on, I can understand all that. She was in distress. It was cold. It was raining. And she had a child. And she didn't have any money for a room. Yes, the YMCA is a Christian organization. And yes, you were doing a Christian thing. But this lady in distress took advantage of the Christian kindness you extended. Yes, I can understand all of that and probably would have done the same. But the CEO, this guy is new and looks only at the numbers. He knows a room was rented, but the transaction doesn't appear on the tapes when they are audited. He believed you pocketed the money possibly to supplement the cost of your road trip to our. Then he believed the lie, I said in self-defense and continued to insist I hadn't pocketed any money. I believe you, continued Mr. Benham, taking up the letter from his desk. Now, I need you to sign this. It is a document stating I played no part nor had no prior knowledge of this infraction of YMCA policy. I signed the document. He took it up with a look of relief in his eyes. Now I'm going upstairs and tell the CEO what you told me. You just wait here. Mr. Benham returned in about two minutes. He held an envelope in his hand. He extended it to me. Well, I hate to do this, he said with watery eyes, but the CEO said you are fired and to vacate the property immediately. I was devastated as I walked through the revolving glass doors.
I walked without malice towards the YMCA, but certainly with no deference towards my Christian act of kindness, which led directly to my downfall. And thus we have reached the end of our episode for this week. I ask you to join us next Thursday for the final episode of our saga. And until then, so long, everybody, all around the world.